our beloved chiropractic profession faces challenges like never before. These challenges come from not only outside the profession, but also from within. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Braille, and I've had the opportunity to see this profession as a practitioner, a teacher, an administrator, and a politician. In my over 40 years in chiropractic, I've just about seen it all. Join me on Cairo Rants for an honest and no-holds-barred discussion about all aspects of chiropractic practice, politics, education, and philosophy. We'll talk about subjects that most only want to whisper about, and we'll interview the leaders in our profession to get some straight-up answers. If you're looking for a politically correct chiropractic discussion, this is not the place. Welcome to Cairo Rants. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Cairo Rants. Hi, this is Dr. Bobby Braille, and today I specifically wanted to rant on something that had bothered me for quite some time that I see is becoming more and more prevalent in our profession of chiropractic, and that is the loss of x-ray, okay? You know, x-ray was discovered in 1895, uh, same year as chiropractic for that matter, uh, and it was pretty much been used through most of chiropractic's history. Uh, initially and since then, it's been used to look at the spine for the determination of positioning changes, basically to look at the components of a subluxation, to say, okay, is the bone properly aligned? Now, what's happening recently here that I notice in a number of different fashions is that less and less chiropractors are utilizing x-rays in their practices. And some of that is related to their business situation. And very little of it, in my opinion, is related to a technique choice. And a lot of it has to do with uh, training and the schools. And let me, let me start off with, with saying this. First of all, as far as the chiropractic colleges and students, I notice there is more and more of a de-emphasis on x-ray in a chiropractic setting, in a chiropractic educational setting. Not in all schools and not in all instances, but prevalently it's becoming more and more. Now, some of that has to do with the accrediting agencies on chiropractic taking a non-X-ray stance or basically a non-subluxation stance, and we'll differentiate that in a second, uh, from a standpoint of people not getting X-rayed or, or asking that people not be X-rayed unless there's a suspect of pathology. Uh, a lot of that is coming prevalently from, I would call it the non-subluxation side of our profession. And let me start with here. I'm on the American Chiropractic Association's website and I looked up x-ray, and right away I get a, a page that's Choosing Wisely, which is a, a program not started by chiropractors, the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation and Consumer Reports, but the ACA, the American Chiropractic Association, jumped on board and said it, uh, it supports the principles of ICA, uh, the ICA, the ACA, excuse me, strongly supports their principles. And right here on the second paragraph, the first ACA Choosing Wisely recommendation states, in the absence of red flags, do not obtain spinal imaging x-rays 
for patients with low back pain during a during the six weeks after the onset of pain. Now, you know, they have a whole bunch of things they consider red flags, but basically if somebody comes into your office, and I guess the only ones coming into the office they're concerned with the low back pain, but if somebody comes into the office, unless they have chronic low back pain, they're recommending you don't take x-rays. I know for the longest time, uh, Medicare, uh, which pays for chiropractic for the correction of subluxation, that's in their law, required an examination and x-rays. However, it did not pay for the examination or the x-rays. So I know the International Chiropractors Association lobbied forever to get the first visit covered and get x-ray covered. And uh, for a long time, everybody did that. But then a, a law got through, pushed by the other side, the American Chiropractic Association, that basically said, well, let's just take the x-ray requirement out. Now, uh, if they're not paying for it, let's take that requirement out. And that's no longer in the law. My issue with that is, in the past, from a practice standpoint, I, I wanted to x-ray predominantly all of my Medicare patients. Uh, I want to look for subluxations, and I want to see what their spine looks like, uh, especially in the elderly population. I don't see why you wouldn't. But in that instance, I could tell the patient, well, look, I'm real sorry, but Medicare requires the x-ray and does not pay for it. Therefore, they would understand it's an out-of-pocket expense on their indication. As unfair as it is, that's the way it is. Well, I can't say that now. I can't say it's required by Medicare. It's still required by me. I'm not going to take care of a Medicare patient without looking at the condition of their spine before I make adjustments. But that, that being aside, I mean, there's a segment of our profession that because of their lack of belief or understanding or desire to be involved with subluxations in its many aspects, they uh, only see x-rays as a way of looking for pathology or ruling out uh, different types of fractures and things that uh, they, they think automatically need referral and not for any kind of mechanical uh, care or more specifically a chiropractic adjustment or for the detection and location of a subluxation. And I have heard the argument from some chiropractor, well, you can't see a, a subluxation on an x-ray. Well, you know, those of us who understand subluxation understand that there are many component parts to a subluxation. One of them is the osseous component, the bone that is out of position, does not move properly. And that's kind of the one you use on the x-ray. You, you can't see neurological interference on an x-ray, but you can sure see, sure see the position of the bone on the x-ray. And if you're into one of the more upper cervical, uh, the very specific upper cervical types of care, x-rays are a very important thing. But let's get back to schooling for a minute, because even though in school, in some of the schools they teach upper cervical, I know Life does, and I know Sherman does, and uh, some of the other schools, but many of them they don't. They teach general adjusting, whatever the hell that is, you know, or just uh, diversified manipulation, again, whatever that is, that's... Whatever way you make a popping sound, which to me is not a chiropractic adjustment unless you're addressing nerve interference in a subluxation. But if we go just and do some checks here and we look at spine health, which is just a basic knowledge base, uh, they on their website have indications for x-rays in chiropractic care. And I'll read you this directly. As a general, I like the way I read this too, right? Different voice when I read it. As a general guideline, x-rays are recommended in chiropractic healthcare setting to, first dot, diagnosis, 
A diagnosis can be a recent trauma which may be resulted in a fracture at any age, minor trauma in people between ages 50 and 70 years old, and those over 70 due to risk of osteoporosis-related fracture. Then they have a couple other things here, minor deformity, uh, spondyloarthritis. Now, th then they have a little section on contraindications for x-rays. Huh. Obviously, uh, if there's a possibility a patient uh, might be pregnant. And here's the one that kicks me. A contraindication for x-ray to monitor how a patient's spine is responding to treatment. I'm not crazy about the word treatment, but in other words, if you want to do a post x-ray to see did your care change the position of their spine, no, that's contraindication. What? <laughs> you know, you shouldn't x-ray to have a second look to see if what you're doing is affecting. You're making a physical adjustment. You're expecting a change of spinal biomechanics in some way. Yet, according to these folks, it's contraindicated to take the x-ray to see those changes. Wow, I'm thrilled to death with that. Um, published in the National Library of Medicine's National Center for Biotechnology Information, uh, Chiropractic Manual Therapies, which is in there, Chiropractic and Manual Therapies, here's what they have in an article from 2018, and I guess it's a scientific article, uh, and this is what they wrote. Strong evidence demonstrates risk of imaging such as excessive radiation exposure, overdiagnosis, subsequent low-value investigation and treatment procedures, and increased cost. In most cases, the potential benefits from routine imaging, including spinal x-rays, do not outweigh the potential harms. The use of spinal x-rays should not be routinely performed in chiropractic practice and should be guided by clinical guidelines and clinician judgment. Whoa! In other words, we shouldn't be taking x-rays. Now, one of the things I mentioned was schools. Even the schools that are subluxation-focused and teach their students about subluxation, in a lot of cases, there's just a basic the way the place is set up, the way the clinics are set up, that they're not utilizing x-ray. In other words, if you are not using a specific technique, uh, then you may not get to x-ray. Or if a patient comes in and they have pain in one area, say they have low back pain. Okay, we'll x-ray the low back. Well, wait, 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 wait. I can't tell you how many hundreds of patients I've seen with atlas subluxations that cause their low back. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is take a new patient that comes in. It's when I have interns in the office here, and I have many from the school, take a patient that comes in with a, a low back pain, a cure, chronic, doesn't matter, and I x-ray basically their spine, period, full, full spine x-ray. I don't do a full spine x-ray, but I take their full spine on x-rays, checking for subluxation, checking for the quality of the spine. And in many of those cases, I mean, hundreds of them over the years, I'll not see a whole lot going on in the lower spine, but I look up at the atlas and man, is that way off. And I, and I know in my heart and understanding that that's the basic fundamental underlying cause of their problem. And so without adjusting the lower back, I will bring the patient who's usually in a lot of agony, a lot of pain, put them on their side with the intern present, and I will tell the patient, which they will not understand at that point because they haven't been to my full doctor's report, 
that your neck is causing problems in your lower back. And I'll adjust their atlas. They needed assistance getting on the table, by the way. I'll adjust their atlas, step away from the table and say, get up. And usually they're like, you know, like they're thinking about, can I even get up? And then they'll get up and immediately they find God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's, it's, I can't believe it. You didn't even touch my lower back. And of course, even the interns in many cases are amazed at this. Like, wow, he only adjusted the Atlas. You know, now, now I'm, I'm a, predominantly upper cervical guy. I mean, I adjust full spine, but I'm, I'm big on the upper cervicals. Everybody has to have their atlas corrected. And to me, that is such a, an important area that if you didn't even bother looking, it's an issue. But, but sticking with the x-rays, if I didn't have the x-rays, I wouldn't know for sure what their listing was, what direction that bone moved, how I'm supposed to be adjusting it and I would have been fooling around with popping the lower back or, you know, doing this or that with the lower spine. And, and they wouldn't have gotten the relief. In many cases, a lot of the patients that I've had in the scenario, like I just mentioned, had been to other chiropractors. And every time they go, they get, you know, side rolls or they get this or that. And they feel a little bit better. And then it comes back. And <clears throat> they go back again. Handful of visits. Feels a little bit better. They stop care. And then it comes back. Well, the problem with it continually returning is that no one ever looked at the upper spine and the spine is balanced by that upper spine and therefore they kept going back with the same situation and uh, only until their atlas was corrected did they no longer have the problem. We just had a, one of those restart care today after a while and after correcting his atlas, he's not had any back problems at all. His restart of care was doing some shoulder stuff that he had, again, from his spine, of course, but in any event, you know, but schools are not emphasizing that. And the schools, there are a lot of schools that don't even, unless there's some red flag, you don't tell, you know, the guidelines I read you a minute ago. Um, but, I mean, the schools are getting to the point where also, you know, they have very expensive digital equipment. And I understand that, you know, you want the most modern equipment in a, in a chiropractic school clinic. But they get things that the students really can't afford when they get in practice. You know, I recommend to students go find a plain film x-ray. They're very inexpensive. You can find them when you get successful, buy a digital, you know. I'm actually still using film in my office, and part of that is I just, you know, I'm old school. I've been at this for so long. It's like, okay, I'll get I'll get to digital eventually, but right now I just haven't seen the need for it. And, and eventually I will. There'll probably be a mandate, and I'll make the change. But for right now, I'm still shooting film. And also I get a chance to show the students how you shoot film, how you develop them with a processor and everything else. The cost of doing that, I mean, you can probably put a, a regular x-ray in with a process for $5,000 as opposed to 50 for a digital. You know, So the cost is so much more affordable uh, for new students starting out when they're opening their own practice. But unfortunately, many of them are not taking x-rays. They open an office and, on their own, if they open one on their own, and they're not taking x-rays. So, well, I refer them out. Which means every new patient you're going to send out for an x-ray or you're going to determine that you don't need it. Now, little caveat, I will agree there are certain chiropractic techniques that specifically the analysis when done properly, and it's an in-depth analysis, do not require x-rays. But I will bet most of those not taking x-rays are not using those techniques, and that's not the reason why. 
They're doing it just because they don't have an x-ray machine. They didn't want the expense of putting one in or they never learned how to do it. And therefore, they're going to refer out to those who have x-rays when they find such a terrible thing, which also increased the cost because x-rays are cheaper if I take them than if somebody else does by far. You know, and also, they often don't take x-rays the way I want them to, with gravity in certain positions. Um, I don't want a pathology film. That's great if you suspect a pathology. And by the way, if I see something I suspect is a pathology on my x-rays, my x-rays are not diagnostic in depth for pathology. I can then send them out to someone who will do that, or an MRI, or a CAT scan, or something more in depth than the structural studies I've done looking for positions of spinal bones for the purposes of identifying subluxations. You know, so it becomes a school issue as well. The third problem I see relative to x-rays and young doctors is the chain. And by, what I mean by that is that there are more and more of these chains opening up that don't do x-rays. There, there are at best, I would call them an adjustive service. At worst, I would say, you know, uh, uh, pop in and pop, you know, uh, manipulative uh, uh, place to come in and get your joints manipulated. And, you know, I mean, even the, even the sailors that there's, there's not much education going on in there. It's, you know, they got some posters or they, oh, my doctor talks to them. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of patients from those various chains, and none of, them, none of those people are educated on chiropractic. Well, I felt better when I got, you know, popped or whatever. Okay, what about correcting subluxation? What about explaining to them there's a subluxation here where they don't have pain? You know, as a student when I was in school, and I think it's still taught that way today, you know, the, the neurology is such that you could have a subluxation in one area of the spine, creating symptomatology or path or pathology for that matter in another area you don't have to have it right there but the idea of coming in with uh, you know a drive-up pop shop is oh it hurts here pop here it hurts there pop there or just you know random crack crack everywhere you can on the spine the the the, the virtue of an x-ray is to get specific and in my opinion, also to add a time frame. You know, one of the lost things in there, okay, patient comes in, let's say they're 60 years old, okay? And they've had pain in their neck, their neck is tight, their neck is pain, they're getting some headaches for two months. Well, in their mind, they have a neck problem for two months. Now, I x-ray them, and I see a severe amount of subluxation generation. I see curvature changes. I know, you know, as, as probably every chiropractor does, that that subluxation structure took decades to occur. And that other health issues, they didn't even relate to that, were probably from the neurological issues created by those subluxations starting decades ago. Well, in their mind, this is a new problem that only started a month ago or several weeks or whenever the pain started. And when someone does not do x-ray and does not show them the chronicity or the curvatures or, you know, the spinal degeneration occurring from subluxation that's taking place at those levels, and you start just, you know, randomly manipulating them or maybe even if you're using a technique that has an analysis specifically adjusting them without x-rays, you've not added any time frame to it. In other words... They have no, oh yeah, you can tell them, well, that's been there for decades. 
And in the back of their mind, they, they, I've only felt it for a month. And it feels better in a couple of visits. It's gone. You know. Now, there are people, you can show them the x-ray and they're still going to have that opinion. But you have a much better chance of getting them to understand the time frame of subluxation. If the only thing they have to look at, is, I mean, hear from is you versus looking at an x-ray and seeing it with their own eyes. You know, this is the difference between look here. This took a long time to happen. Oh, yeah, I can look at it compared to this area, which looks much better. Yes. As opposed to take my word for it. That took decades to get there. Now, you know, there are people who are going to believe in either case and there are people who are not. But I'm, I'm absolutely sure that if they can see it, it makes a larger impact on them and that they are going to more than likely understand the time frame. So without x-rays, you lose the time frame. Without x-rays, you lose the specific of, of the biomechanics of the spine. Without x-ray, you lose a whole bunch of things that are important for a chiropractic visit. And to me, I'm watching more and more young doctors coming out, many of them who are going to open up on their own, who are not taking x-rays. To me, only the, the, the fortunate ones are the ones who go in and start with their own x-rays or who go in as an associate with someone who is using x-rays. But as I said, more and more of these, you know, uh, dock in the box chains, uh, no x-rays. Uh, more and more of these young new practitioners, no x-rays. Now, as I mentioned, I do want to give a caveat to those who have a specific subluxation-based corrective process that is non-x-ray dependent. There are several techniques out there that are like that. I still think you're missing the time frames and the everything else that goes with taking an x-ray, but I can't argue with the specific correction of subluxation if x-rays are not included in that analysis. For me, I find it hard because I've always been an x-ray guy. I mean, I my biggest expense when I opened my very first office back in 1978, I had to date myself there, uh, was an x-ray. And back then, it cost more for an old, and at 78, my actually was probably from the 50s. And it cost more in cash dollars, not inflated dollars. It cost more in cash dollars for me then than if I were to buy a used x-ray today. Because I've had interns in my office that went out for $3,000, got an x-ray machine. $5,000, an x-ray machine with a processor and everything they needed. And, you know, so for a young doctor, because there's a lot of people converting over to digital, and, and like I said, someday I will, and that means my equipment goes up for sale cheap because, you know, the film equipment's going cheap. Now, eventually, yes, uh, there'll be no options on that. And actually, the price of digital machines has come down drastically um, to where they're probably, I'm thinking, 20, 30 grand for a, a new machine. Uh, or maybe that's just a conversion of a current machine. But still, uh, relatively speaking, a little more affordable than it used to be in the early days, with the exception of how much the software upkeep costs. Some companies are way out of hand with that. Others are now starting to include that in the price of the x-ray machine with a very small uptick on a yearly basis, you know, as far as how much you have to pay to update the uh, software. That's kind of a good thing. And I think as competition gets bigger on that, there'll be more of that happening. But you know, my rant today was about the non-taking of x-rays. So much is lost in a chiropractic setting when we don't take x-rays. And instead of 
like for Medicare, instead of fighting for the absolute, yes, we need to be paid for the x-rays, you know, a group of our profession decided, well, let's just take out the x-ray requirement. Ah. So now it's not in the federal law that chiropractors have to have an x-ray to find subluxation. Now, from a clinical standpoint, I understand you don't necessarily have to have an x-ray in every case to find subluxation. And you know what? There are lots of examples where I don't. Pregnant women, I don't x-ray pregnant women. I kind of wish I could because I've had the opportunity on many a case to, uh, after they had their baby and everything was cool, to actually take an x-ray and, oh, that atlas is a little different than I thought it was. Or this part of the spine different than what I thought it was. You know, so I wish I had pictures back then. Um, you know, as far as the x-ray, I, the one reading I gave earlier about uh, x-ray exposure, radiation exposure, oh, come on, let's get real. The amount of exposure on a diagnostic x-ray, especially in a chiropractic office, is so minimal <laughs> that it, uh, there's, as far as I'm concerned, there's never been a health risk relative to that. Uh, it, it's, just doesn't, it's just not there. It's just a prejudice that existed from the medical profession, and probably the most obvious of that was the state of New York for many years. When I went to school, uh, my uncle was a chiropractor, my New York uncle was a chiropractor, and right until, I think, the 80s, he was not allowed to take x-rays below, I think it was L1, L3, something like that, or above T1. <laughs> And the rationale was that if a chiropractor took those x-rays, that they were harmful to the patient, but a medical doctor could take them. Now, in reality, every chiropractor took those x-rays, but every chiropractor had two sets of envelopes, one with the ones you're allowed to take and one with the ones you took anyway that you put in a separate envelope. And they actually had inspectors coming around for a while and looking, you know, show me your x-rays. And if they found one with the wrong type of x-rays, the inspector would typically say, hey, put this one with the ones that you're not showing me. No chiropractor ever got fined. The whole purpose was to prevent chiropractors from being able to get paid by third party because you can't get paid for something that's illegal. Every chiropractor did it. Everybody knew every chiropractor did it. Everybody knew every chiropractor had them in the back room in a separate a separate filing cabinet. But because they were not legal, no chiropractor could get paid for them. And that was the whole purpose until finally, after many years of fighting, uh, the, the chiropractic associations, and there were two of them up in the state at the time, were able to get the legislature to remove that and allow chiropractors to do what they should have been able to do all along, and that's take whatever part of the spine they feel they need to take clinically. You know, in my instance, with my analysis, as I mentioned, I get pictures of the entire spine, okay? That may not be necessary. Certainly in some of you more focused upper cervical people, they want, in many cases, a pre and post right after the first adjustment. They x-ray you do the analysis, to do their instrumentation, make an adjustment, in many cases by instrument that you don't even feel, and do a secondary analysis, x-ray, and then measurement and show the change. You know, I remember uh, Dr. Pierce, uh, who I had the pleasure of spending time with before his early, uh, his early passing, he used to have tons and tons of x-rays pre and post showing improvements in cervical curve from a fifth cervical adjustment. Uh, you know, CPP, there's a number of techniques 
that utilize x-rays and then show the cha measurable changes on x-ray. And yet we're increasingly sending out larger numbers of students to be doctors of chiropractic where x-rays are not important, where x-rays are not a core a foundation of what we're doing. Now, at some point in the future, the technology may be there to replace x-ray, to replace radiation with some other form of imaging. I know it was tried to do ultrasound for a little while, but some other form of uh, you know imaging that is maybe more affordable and maybe, uh, uh, you know, the amount of radiation is so minimal, it's not overly questionable, but, uh, you know, maybe somewhat even less invasive than that to where we can get the proper analysis of a, of a you know, spinal positioning for subluxation. But for right now, we don't have that technology. For right now, good x-rays, very low radiation x-rays are our best approach. And the amount of radiation is extremely minimal. So why not? <laughs> you know, I'm just saddened by the idea that more of our profession is moving away from it. And I kind of wish they weren't. So that is my rant for today. And if, my, if I can have an admonition to anyone who's considering getting into practice or looking to, you know, they're getting out of school, thinking of practicing or getting into their own practice from an associateship, get an x-ray. Figure out how to put an x-ray in your office. It's a wonderful way of both educating your patient as well as yourself as to what specifically is going on in the spine. And it adds a wonderful dimension to the practice of chiropractic. So that is my Cairo rants for today. You'll have a great chiropractic day. Thank you for listening to Cairo Rants. Subscribe for free and listen to insightful, truthful, and hard-hitting discussions with some of the biggest names in chiropractic. Cairo Rants is sponsored in part by Now You Know Online and in-office educational services. Learn how to expand your educational outreach to your patients and your community at www.nowyouknow.net. The opinions of Cairo Rants are exclusively those of Dr. Braille and do not reflect the opinions of any associations, groups, institutions, or sponsors mentioned in these podcasts. This has been Cairo Rants.